With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the podcast. Suele volumen. Conversation with the people who were with me. In the world TV. Historias de un reportero. Carlos Tonight. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. I have another exciting show for you today. But before I introduce my guest, I want to invite you to check me out every other Wednesday. We have brand new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and now on YouTube. You can actually watch us now, which is awesome. And I want to also invite you to visit carlostonight.com. That's where you can find more information on the podcast, see upcoming guests, and of course, check out past episodes. So I'm excited for this week's guest. He was my photographer in my reporting days in San Diego, California at CW6. He is known around the market as the Big Levecki. I'm very happy to introduce, ladies and gentlemen, to Jason Levecki. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Carlos? Nice to see you. Can you believe it's been like four years since we last worked together as photographer and reporter? I can't believe it. Number one, I can't believe I'm looking at you right now. I feel like we've talked on the phone a lot, but I don't think we've FaceTimed in probably, I haven't seen you in a year at least, I think. I mean, we talk on the phone probably once every couple of weeks at least, but it's nice to see you. Nice to see you too. It's been a long year and a half with the pandemic. Right, um, right. What have you been up to um, since the pandemic started? Oh, the pandemic's been fun. I'm, I'm working at KUSI still. Uh, that's been a fun gig. Um, and for our uh, listeners and viewers who don't know what KUSI is, it is a it's a TV station in San right. Diego. So you know, there's there's usually you know the main stations are NBC, CBS, Fox, and uh, ABC. You know, then there was a CW in some stations. The one we worked at, CW San Diego. And then there's some other, you know, independent stations. You know, I think KCAL is one. I think in uh, is KCAL in Los Angeles. It's just an independent station. We are, we've got a CNN affiliation. We cover all the major news stories from beginning to end. We've got our morning couch show, just like everybody else, before we go into like syndicated national programming. And then we have our afternoon shows. And then we've got our 11 o'clock news, just like everybody else. But instead of like, Going to David Letterman or Jail or not? Gosh, David Letterman, Jail. No. Um, who? Like, yeah, who? Jimmy Kimmel and whoever else is out there now. Um, we wind up just going to like more syndicated shows that we purchase. You know, like the Family Feud or you know reruns of 
Simpson, Seinfeld, Big Bang Theory, you know, so we'll wind up doing stuff like that. But we have, we, we're at every major event and I've covered every major event in San Diego. That's actually one of the perks about working for a local independent station is you get to go to everything because usually they're kind of more on a smaller crew. And if it's the big story of the day and you're there, you know, you don't have to compete with too many people. You just, you're there, you know, the president's in town, you're covering it and you're going there and you're covering it for the, the local news, our stations, you know, and that's what, that's what KUSI is. So let's talk about uh, CW6 where I met you. Do it. Yeah. Um, so I started in March of 2017. Okay. And I moved to San Diego from Bakersfield, California, where okay. I was a reporter. Okay. And um, I, the first, I think it was, you were at the desk, the assignment desk. I was probably work. I was probably transitioning like between the two. Yeah. You were transitioning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so for those of you who don't know what an assignment desk is, tell us what it is. Uh, Simon editor, assignment manager, content coordinator, all the synonymous, uh, names for the same role. And it's someone who sits in the middle of the newsroom. Usually it's like a literally an elevated position, like on a desk. That's like a couple of steps above everyone, you know, probably because they have to yell out, you know, fire on First Avenue, officer involved shooting downtown. So everybody can hear at the exact same time. And their role is, you know, eight hour shifts. You know, there's the three to four a.m. shift, noon, the nine to five and then the 3 p.m. to midnight shift. And you listen to the scanners that is like kind of getting a little dated, but not really, because when someone breaking news does happen, first responders are still using the, the scanners. So if there's a fire, they are going to talk to the scanners. So we're going to get some crucial information from that. So we listen to the scanners for anything. There's kind of rumbling in the background for any kind of, you know, kind of nervous panic yelling between firefighters or, or direct information, you know, like for instance, a fire on a street or a shooting or anything like a, a robbery or a, a car chase. We're also rifling through emails where we, we get, gosh, probably at, at our peak hours, you know, between nine to five, maybe 20, 25 emails an hour, maybe even more than that, because you have all the elected officials and you're just taking this information and you're organizing it in our kind of like a calendar system and you're taking it. Like for instance, you know, we, there's like probably overall, maybe in our region, there's probably like 75, maybe plus elected officials that are always like sending emails you know, my my council or their press conference, the press guy is like my council member is going to be at the new supermarket opening up. Will you want to cover it? Or, you know, the chief of police is going to be at, you know, it's called the like coffee with cops. He's going to be at like a coffee shop downtown to meet with people. And like it's just it's a it's a kind of a PR event, but it's also a community neighborhood event, too. So that's kind of the brass tacks of it. And I, I can't so, imagine how stressful that may be to somebody, to an editor. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it, it, it gets stressful. You want to know what honestly makes it stressful is for, at least for me, because I, I, I got a pretty good handle on the job is was working with like, is like, you know, working with the people that get stressed, you know, the producers and the reporters and the photogs when I was like, I, like, you know, I'm a photog, but like, if they get stressed, then it kind of gets me a little bit unnerved. But for the most part, I usually kept my cool because I knew how to handle it. I learned, I learned from a from great people from great people i worked at nbc that's where i started first oh that's started. right i remember that yeah i worked at nbc in san diego for four years and uh, i learned from some cool people so you okay so you transitioned to be a photographer do you remember um like a story that you and i covered 
I'll tell you mine, and then you can think about it. Uh, I remember the the one story that we covered um, was a dog heat type of story where we had to do a live shot in the back studio of CW6 in San Diego in the parking yeah. lot. And we used my car okay. for the live shot. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, um, and we did our live shot. And I remember it was like, I don't know, like over 100 degrees maybe. It was so hot. And I think it was hot because I was wearing like my you know, usual shirt and tie type of thing. Like a suit, maybe, Like right? a suit, yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize that whether it's cold or hot, we're still wearing our, our you know, tie and our stuff. Uh, nowadays, I notice that a lot of reporters don't do that, like the guys. They're either wearing like a polo or just a shirt. That's cool. Yeah, it's comfortable. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's my what story that I remember. What happened on that story? Anything, anything special up or was it just a typical package? A standard story, like a, just a typical... Uh, but I do remember watching it and saying to myself, man, I look so short. And the reason is because you're so tall. <laughs> How tall are you? I think I'm 6'2 or 6'3. Okay. So then you were like towering over me. Oh, my I'm God. Like, Damn. Do I look really that small? Did you like it or did you not like it? No, I liked it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I feel like in every TV station that I've worked at, I use something personal of mine. Right. My car, um, like my roommate's dog once. <laughs> no, you had, you put together a good package. I loved I loved working with you, man. Um, there was a couple of things. You know, like, I'm trying to remember. Spe- I I know one. I can remember one specific one. I was impressed that you got the nine to five gig. You were great. Like you were the good. You were good enough to go day side. You know, and like it's a it's a pretty coveted position. So you had the nine to five gig. But I do remember when we went to Ace Hardware. I don't, I don't think it was the same story. Was that it? Wasn't the same because it was a heat related. Story. Was it? Was it the same story? We had to go, no. They were running out of air conditionings. That's what it was. In yeah. A heat wave. And we're in Hillcrest yeah. at the hardware store. Yeah, and I was just like, "Where do you want to go?" I'm like, let's just go to Hayes Hardware. We'll grab. We'll just talk to people there. They might talk to us. And yeah, it was it was a shortage on, on air conditioning units. I think that's the yeah, one. That must have been like a, a heat wave that happened in San Diego. Right? You, you know, you did you work by yourself most of the time? Because you were an MM, uh, you were an MMJ there. I was an MMJ, a multimedia journalist, yeah. where I. Got my assignment in the morning, went out, shot it, and then when I went live, I went with a photographer. Right, and not like because we weren't paired together for hours at a time. Because you were, you did both. You were you, like talented to do, you know, the shooting, the editing, everything yourself. And like, and and I was always paired with somebody who didn't know how to do that. But that's why we didn't. That's why we. But sometimes we did work together. Yeah, no, for sure we worked together. And I, I love those days. We were in the newsroom together all the time. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's why we don't have so many like memories together because you were doing your own stories and I was doing my own stories. And uh, but yeah, we definitely went to Hillcrest together at that Ace Hardware, for the air conditioning units. We were in the car. If you remember in traffic, we were trying to race down to a fire or something together. I, rem- I can't re- I remember on the 15, you know, might have been like, who knows, but um, I think most of our memories are af- the things that happen after work. Yeah. Um, which was, and I remember uh, us going to a Jay Belvin concert. Yeah, that was fun. Before he was Jay Belvin. Okay, is that? Right? I don't even remember who that was, but it was on Shelter Island, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. It was a cool time. Uh, and then we definitely went to a lot of movies together. Yeah, you, you were my movie buddy. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, we did go to, what was your favorite movie theater? The one downtown? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I, you know, I liked Fashion Valley. You, know, you want to know, actually, not that I could talk about my favorite movie theater, but I liked the Fashion Valley movie theater because it was nice and it reminded me of my movie theater from back home. It was in the mall, you know, so it was just like I grew up going to the mall. I love them. I'm like a mall rat, you know, it's like I drop me off at the mall, hang out there, go see a movie. That was great. And you were a buddy of mine who did that with me, which is amazing. But you want to know something we downtown, what what we saw downtown, if you remember, we saw one of the I went on going to go down. We don't want to go down this road too much. I don't know if you do, but we saw the Trump Hillary debate there. Do you remember that? I was okay. just thinking that they, they were airing it live. I remember that. And it was free. We, we saw there. It was the one. So listen to this. We're in San Diego. We're a border city. You can't get any more border city than San Diego, California, when it comes to like Mexican, the Mexican U.S. border. And we're watching Hillary and Trump debate on a big screen TV in a pretty crowded theater, not packed, but it was crowded. And it was the one where he where Trump was talking about the border. And he's like, oh, there's some bad hombres there, man. There's some bad, Trump oh, said there's yeah. bad hombres, Mexico. And and we're, it was Mexicans. It was legit Mexican-Americans were the majority of the crowd because that's what San Diego is. And I thought it was awesome. I thought it was I thought I can't believe I was there for that. And he's like, there's some bad hombres coming from Mexico. And I was like, and then everybody laughed. Yeah. And he won the election. It was 2016 and he won. So I remember yeah. that night. We were we were um party hopping to see uh watch oh, parties downtown. Do you remember that? Was were we working that or were we just going like No, we were just like on our off time. Okay. That was fun. And then another thing that we did together a lot was Comic-Con. Love it, dude. I could talk about that. Uh, so, okay. So CW6, um, I think I did most of the reporting. Um, well, not just me, but right. I did a lot of uh, Comic-Con stories. The first one I remember, um, oh, I think it was just a couple of months after I started. Okay. And I was just amazed. This huge event, this worldwide event that I got a chance to cover and everybody was cosplaying. Back then, I didn't know what cosplaying okay. was. Okay. And I was like, man, there's like all these people out here having fun, talking about the things that I love. Nice. Comic books, TV, movie, and all that stuff. Um, do you have a favorite memory of Comic-Con? Honestly, Carlos, hanging out with you is probably up there. You know, like yes. hanging out with you. So my mom, I, I've, li I've been living in San Diego for 14 years now. And... You know, I've gone to probably 10 Comic-Cons and a bunch of other comic, you know, uh, comic conventions, you know, Seattle and pop culture conventions in Vegas and Los Angeles. But I remember walking around with you was awesome. Uh, one year, my mother happened to be out here for the summer for, or for the vacation. It was it was Comic-Con week. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was like we were kids again because I remember when we needed to go find like my mother just got into town. And she was driving to visit my sister. And we, we, we both of us like hopped in the car together, all three of us. But <laughs> yeah. she picked us up. She gave us a ride to Comic Con. Yeah. She like picked us up and gave me a ride to like it was like. And this I was like probably thirty four at the time or thirty five. I don't even know. And because it was like you know three or four years ago, and uh, and she like you hopped in the car. My nep my niece and nephews. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you call them? Like baby seats or um boosters? No, no. boosters car seats car like kid car seats you had to like squeeze in between them you know and i was like this is kind of like reminding me of <laughs> oh yeah 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 okay. 
yeah, you have, I was like, that's so funny that like my mom is picking me up with my buddy to go to some event and to drop us off. Weren't you like, mom, hurry up. We got a, a thing to go yeah, to. Yeah, she was, she was, she, I remember she was lagging. Like, Comic-Con's intense for me. <laughs> We're like, let's go, mom. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I remember. We found parking. Yeah, good parking. And then, you, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Cool. Okay. Um, so tell us a little bit. You kind of mentioned um, you're not from San Diego originally. Tell us uh, where you grew up and how you got involved in TV. First of all, this is kind of fun to talk to you about this. Like, I hope this has like lots. I don't think I've ever heard this story. So I graduated college, you know, went to, you know, good University of Scranton. Uh, I was from, I'm from originally Staten Island, New York City. Uh, my fa- but I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, no doubt about it. I mean, like I was in kindergarten when we, we were renting a house first, and then we bought the house by the time I was like probably like three or four. And I just finished college, and I was just like, okay, I was you know working at a really nice hotel through college, and I was I interned at a local NBC during college as well, and I worked actually wrote for a couple articles for the local newspaper. And I would just wound up just being like, well, if I'm going to look for jobs across the country and I'm going to work at the hotel, may as well just get a job in San Diego at a hotel and just look for jobs in new TV news while in San Diego. I mean, that was that was honestly the main answer. And I packed my bags. My mom sat in shotgun. We put my bike in the back seat. We booked a one way flight home. We drove across the country. That's a whole other story in itself. And then I got to San Diego and I was a tour guide for the first three years. I, was, I loved it. That was super fun because I was waiting. Actually, I was a tour guide for three years, but I actually got my first job in, out here like less than like a year and a half later. NBC then hired me as like to work as like a like a floor director, studio cam op after like a year and a half. That's why I got my foot in the door at the NBC station down here. But the reason why I moved to San Diego is simply that I was just working at a nice hotel. I interned. I just I oh, you know something? There is something. I applied to be a page at Rockefeller Center in New York City. That's what I thought my path was. But for some reason, I like missed the deadline, but they still like honored to like have an interview with me. And the way they hired pages, you know, if you ever watched 30 Rock, it was Kenneth. It was Kenny from 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. He's a page. She, she brought me in because the woman that was doing the hiring was friends with somebody I was friends with. Uh, from high school or, her, or my old, my friend, my, my, I think my sister's friend. And she, she's like, you know what? She's like, we already hired this group. Cause they, they, they hire in groups of 10. It's a, it's a program. She's like, we're already in like week three or week four, but she's like, why don't you come in and I'll meet you. And I was like, all right. So I drove in there. I met her. I got actually a tour of Rockefeller center. I got a tour of like, you know, all, all that stuff. I watched, she walked me around the whole thing. She's like, I told you already, you know, we hiring, you know, we hire like in like programs. It's usually like every three or four months. So she's like, but I'm, she's like, I can't bring you on now. She's like, we already got like the program going, but why don't you reapply? You know, maybe we can get things going maybe in like three or four months if, you know, and then we'll, then I'll start, I'll start doing interviews and stuff in three or four months. Then we'll hire after that. So I was like, you know, six months, like post-college living back at my mom's house, you know, it's like, I'll just move to San Diego in the time being. And then I got out here and I enjoyed being a tour guide, got hired at NBC less than a year and a half later, you know, so I was like, you are living the life. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I'm still living it kind of, you know, like, <laughs> well, that's cool. Thank you for asking Carlos. How did you yeah. wind up in San Diego? Um, how did I wind up? Oh, so, uh, I was working in Bakersfield, California. Okay. I got to rewind. Go ahead. Take all the time uh, you want. So this is, this is how I became a TV reporter. Okay. 
Um, it was my last semester at Columbia College, and it was a little bit after 9-11, and I did not hear back from the internship coordinator. And so my sister was working at NBC in Chicago, and um, I asked her for some help. And so she went upstairs to the HR lady or the volunteer coordinator or internship coordinator, and she's like, hey, my brother applied. He hasn't heard anything. And then the lady's like, well, I have this pile. And then they turn. There's this huge pile of applications from college students who wanted to be interns. And so then um, they're like, let's look for his his um, application. And this is a story that my sister told me. And so they were on the floor looking through applications. And she literally found mine, pulled it out, and said, okay, you can start on Monday. And then handed it to her. Nice. And so... That's how I got my internship. Um, and so then I started working. Once the door was open, I kind of worked hard uh, to the point where they hired me. I worked there for a year and then did the whole create my um, my resume reel, sent it out. Um, so anyway, I through different TV stations. I think San Diego was my one, two, three, four, five. Like my six, maybe? Yeah, my sixth station. Got it. And so um, I worked as a news director anchor. That's amazing. In, in El Paso, Texas. Yeah. And after being the boss for three years, I was like, I, I can't. Like, I want to be a reporter. Um, so I set my tapes out again. That's how I ended up in Bakersfield, California. And, and then after two and a half years, I was like, man, I, you know, I need to move up. And I started applying, and I didn't hear anything. And then finally, I got uh, a call from Don Schaefer, the news director. <laughs> he brought me down, and I did the interview. He's like, I'll let you know. Wow. And I said, okay. And I was thinking on the on the drive back to Bakersfield, I'm like, I don't think I got it. What? Okay. Um, so then I waited, you know, did my job, and then they said, and then he called me and then offered me the job. Wow. And then I was so excited. I was like, I can start Monday. Well, two weeks from there. Um, and so then I remember I signed off on a Friday night. And then I literally just packed. And then by Monday, I was at CW6 in San Diego. That makes me so happy and sad because it closed. Yeah, the station closed. What was it? 65? Yes. 60 something years. I can't remember. Yeah. No, 64, I think. So, yeah. 64. So in 2017, um, the station closed. So everyone lost their jobs. Um, I ended up in Sacramento, California, working for the CBS. And then you ended up KUSI. At KUSI. Yeah, I took um, and then you got a nickname. Yeah. I want to cool. hear the story on how you got uh, the nickname, The Big Levecki. And so a lot of viewers out there know you as They that. do. They do. It kind of became this little, like, local kind of this i don't know kind of it kind of caught fire a little bit but it was you know san diego's got a pretty local following of viewers and you know it's it's the local station that everyone wants to get their a lot a lot of people want to get their information from and there's a guy i have to mention his name he's, he's awesome his name is dave scott and he's a meteorologist reporter does feature stuff uh does you know the morning couch show where he goes out live at like the 5ks and like San Diego is a big enough city where there's an event almost every day. And on the weekends mm -hmm. we work together and there's always an event that we would cover. 
And he usually gives the Photogs nicknames. You know, he gives a lot of no Photogs nicknames just because we're he's on air from, you know, gosh, for eight, nine minutes straight. You know, and that, that's a long, long time to be on air just talking to people at, a, at, a, at, at you know, the Rock and Roll Marathon or the San Diego Marathon or a, or a surfing competition, you know, or just like, you know, downtown, you know, farmer's market, something like that. That's like a Christmas treat. That's a lot of work. Dude, it's a ton of work. And like, so he always gives the Photogs props. You know, he was always like, hey, I'm working with, you know, a guy before me was like called Will. So he called him like Wonderful Will. And, uh, you know, it was, it was funny. And then, like, I was like, when I came out, they're like, you want to work with Dave? And I was like, I'll work with Dave. That seems like a cool gig. <laughs> and we went out there, and he was calling me Jason all the time. And he was like, Jason, dude, like, he was like, Jason, you know, we're going to, we're, I'm, I'm going out with Jason today. We're Jason this. And he started talking about it. But an anchor's name was Jason, Jason Ostell, who actually we worked with at the CW together with, if you remember. We also mm-hmm. were, I also worked with him at NBC. Co- coincidentally, we both worked. Oh, wow. Yeah, we okay. worked together at NBC, but we didn't work together because he was the morning show and I was the evening. And um, we were there. And every time they would say Jason, it would cut to a two shot. And he wouldn't be talking to Jason Ostell. So the director would just be like doing its thing. And like all of a sudden you hear Jason. So we cut to the two shot and Jason would be like sitting there, like maybe reading scripts or texting or whatever. Because he's expecting this you know 10 minute period where he's not on air, you know. And they'd be like, oh, he's like it's he's talking about Jason, me, Jason. So we gotta get your you gotta get your last name. You gotta change that to something. So he's like Levecki. And then all of a sudden it was like, who are you going out with? He's like, the big Levecki? You're like, yeah, I'm the, the big Levecki. And they started being like With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, I started being, he started calling me Big Levecki. I'm with the Big Levecki at this event. I'm with the Big Levecki at the tree lighting ceremony. I'm with the Big Levecki at this, you know. Yeah, everything you know everything i was out, out they were calling me the big levecki at car crashes and fires i'm like all of a sudden all the reporters started calling like they was like part of their almost their toss to their package you know they were just like mm-hmm. or they're just they're covering the live event they're like if the big levecki could pan over here if the big levecki could show this and then i started then believe it or not i started getting like emails and texts like who's this big levecki dude you know and um <laughs> they were like wanting to see me so then all of a sudden one day i was walking in the studio and they're like, yo, Lebecki. I was like, what's up? They're like, come out in the green screen. People are asking who you are. So <laughs> I went out there and I waved and I said hello to people. And, you know, it's all just fun. And and then it just it just kept on going and going. And uh, now every once in a while when I'm with my camera out there and like I'm and I'm at the uh, like the story and I'm, and I'm like with next to my news van, it says my the call letters, KUSI. People come and be like, are you the big Lebecki? I go, yeah. I'm <laughs> and I just promise you, they go. I got to take a selfie with you so people can know, like, I met you. And I was like, all right. So it's funny. And then every once in a while on Facebook, you know, Facebook has that, like, facial recognition thing. I'll see a random selfie of me that I'll pop. Really? Up. Yeah. And I'll be like, nice. oh, that was a dude that, like, took the picture with me that posted it, you know. Because, like, it's like and this might be when it's, it's got no connection to me at all. But I'll just be, like, wow. a picture of me with them. And I'm, I actually kind of boycotted social media. Not boycotted, but I kind of stopped posting probably five years ago just because i was like 
you know, I made that decision. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just like, I'm just going to stop posting. And, um, but that, that's what happened. So that's kind of how it started getting going. And, you know, it just went from there. And then I just started putting together like my own stories, my own, they're called nap pack, natural packages. And I started just getting, and that was, that is my favorite thing to do is just to go out. It's, and I just put together the mini documentary and it's just fantastic. So even then I still like, Oh, the big Levecki's putting the story together about this, about that. And, you know, I, I covered stuff. I was like, I, I might be like talking a little bit, not about the big Levecki stuff, but I like, I covered stuff for like CNN before, which was awesome. You know, like I was the first on scene for a shooting at CNN and uh, they took me, they didn't take me live, but I was the only one there with live capabilities because it just happened to be on my shift. And I got there it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a church shooting and someone lost their lives. And it was, it was pretty horrible. Like, but I was the first one there and I got the information out, which was, mm. which was my, which was my job is, you know, it's like the first responders were doing their thing. And I was the one feeding back to CNN, you know, to get my information out. And they took my story and they took it, you know, right there. I was asking questions and trying to get as many, as much information as possible. MOSs, man on the streets, you know, like pretty much eyewitnesses or hear or ear witnesses, you know, people mm -hmm. heard the gunshots, people ran out of the church, people were friends with uh, the woman that was shot, people were friends with the rabbi that was shot. So that was all part of it. And, you know, the rest is you know still in progress. <laughs> but thanks. For I wonder if I wonder if people think like, because um, you as a photographer see a lot of stuff that normal people wouldn't see. Yeah. Shootings. Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having do. to knock on people's doors that just lost a loved one and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, are you able to kind of stop thinking about it as soon as your shift is over? Does that continue on? You know, the stuff that I cover, you know, a lot of time I, I want to get, I'm, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm more, I'm worried about like making sure I do a good job, you know, being mm. respectful, making a good, do a good job. Um, like, personal stories that have affected me you know i get emotional like for instance i was covering i did a good nap i did a good nap, nap package natural package um with uh, it was a it was a, a nursing home where their family members haven't been able to see each other for months because of covid you know this is probably like the maybe this was there were probably like six months into COVID where they had to shut all the nursing homes down. So what they did is they had a reunion team where they put like people across the street, they taped it off. So the old, their family, which are elderly folks could come out and wave and just say hello to their kids and their grandkids. And I got a little choked up. Cause like the people were like, I haven't seen my mom in six months. We're not, this is my first time like laying eyes on her. That got me a little bit emotional. I was like, so that yeah. was, that was emotional. And then another thing, you're not going to believe this, Carlos. And I almost what? didn't, I never really admitted this. I got choked up. I, I, I think I sent you that picture where we covered Comic-Con not happening in San Diego. So I was lucky enough to be at the convention center during Comic-Con week because it was 2020 Comic-Con COVID canceled. And wow. yeah, and we were there and it was myself and a reporter and I'm, you know, just shooting the empty building and we got a soundbite or we did an interview with like, the convention director about how it didn't happen. We got a, maybe a couple of like interviews of people on the street. And as we were sitting there between our live hits, between our like four, five o'clock live hit and our six o'clock live hit, I promise you, Carlos, I've got the picture. I should send it to you. A couple 
comes walking by in cosplay. And I was like, oh my God, there's people here in like one of them, they were dressed as like the Mad Hatter and maybe like Harley Quinn or something like that. And I was like, what are they doing? And we hopped out. I was like, what are you guys doing? They drove down from LA because they were such big fans of the of comic. I think I remember you telling me. And I got like chills. I don't know. It's, it's just a joyful place for me. And I was like, wow, it's like, I'm not alone. You know, it's like, I'm not alone with like how upset people were. And like, that's what really, that's what really hit me. It was like co- middle of COVID. A lot of stuff was going on in everyone's lives, including my own, because of this was because what was going on. And I just remember I took a selfie with them, with both of them. And uh, I was just like, so that affected me, you know. And then it's it's how my year is set up. You know, you got the holidays in December, and then you got Comic-Con in the summer, and then you've got mini, con- mini conventions and mini holidays, mm-hmm. you know, between yeah. Christmas and Comic-Con. And, it, and now they have a museum out there, right? Yeah, area. I've been to the museum. It's the old sports museum. I, I've been to the, I covered that actually when they were opening it up. And I covered it when they were thinking about doing was it. Was that with me and you, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> so. yeah. But yes, cool. yes, Comic Con is great. It's upsetting that it's not here, but you know, we're all dealing with stuff. Worse, you know, people are dealing with worse stuff than the convention not being open. Got lost tonight. Got lost tonight. Historias de un reportero. Let's do a little quiz. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to name um, some TV shows, characters, <laughs> and you tell me which one you like better and then why. Okay. So the first one is Star Trek or Star Wars. And Just why? right off the bat, um, Star Wars. And I would go Star Wars, even though I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen probably most of them. I've seen one or two Star Trek movies. I know you're a huge Trek fan. Uh, one of my favorite movies, if like up there, is Trekkies, though. The documentary. Have you seen it? You got. It, I mean, it's been a long time since it's been out, but like Trekkies is probably one of my favorite documentaries. What's your? What, what, okay, so I would say Star Wars, but like I said, I can't. I mean, I can't. I, I'm a bigger Jurassic Park fan than Star Wars fan. I'm a bigger. I'm like, but. I would say Star Wars by a little bit, but Trekkies is such. A, you want to know why I like Trekkies? It's about it's about conventions. It's about it's about Trek conventions, and I like conventions. So. I think you should watch uh, Star Trek Discovery. That's my my favorite. Why? Why? I never. I had a ringtone once, and it was R two D two from Star Wars, and somebody said, "I thought you liked Star Trek," and I'm like, "I do, but there's no fun like ringtones that Star Trek make or that yeah that Star Trek makes." Get out of here. And you can hardly hear it, so I'm like, you can hear R two D two, and then people know what it is. So my favorite is Star Trek. Um, I think I fell in love with Star Trek during Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, uh, female captain, all the different um, characters on there, different races, cultures, and all that stuff. Um, I think that kind of sucked me in, and then just hearing their stories. Um, I like Deep Space Nine. Um, not like a big Deep Space Nine fan. I was more of a Voyager person. And then what else? And then I loved all the Star Trek Generation movies. Um, in fact, I saw Star Trek Generations seven times. And I remember I would drag my friends, like each individual ones, because they're like, I don't want to go. <laughs> so. so wait, 
could I watch it somewhere? Is it streaming? I'd, like, if it's one of your favorite movies, I want to check it out. Um, like, I think you can check it out on Paramount Plus. Um, yeah. So. All right. So let's move on to Wonder Woman or Batgirl. Um, <laughs> I don't know much about Batgirl. Shoot. I mean, Wonder Woman is so, you know, in vogue right now. And like, the, I mean, my, my older sister, I have memories of my older sister really liking Wonder Woman. The one with like, Gore Vidal. Is that, how do you say her? Not Gore Vidal. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the main Wonder Woman. That was a good movie. The recent one? That was the, a great movie. The, the first one. one. The scene in the uh, mall? I didn't see the recent one. Okay. I only saw the, I only saw the Wonder Woman that came out in, what, 2018? Yeah, that like one that. was good. I was kind of disappointed with the second one, but the first one yeah, was good. Yeah, that's what everyone said. And like the rest, I didn't, I didn't even watch it. But Wonder Woman by by because i know more about her and you know my sister was a big fan of wonder woman she had like a wonder woman lunchbox growing up did she watch uh, linda carter as wonder woman sure she's she's seven years older than me so i remember whatever she was into it she why she was into it i have memories of her being into it yeah so. okay there's my answer what about you um this one was kind of up in the air but i would say bad girl because wow. i uh, grew up watching reruns of like Batman the series with um, uh, Adam West and Burt Ward as Robin. And then, like, I think it was the last season where they brought in Batgirl. Um, okay. As a matter of fact, I took a picture not too long ago. They have a mural in Dallas, Texas of Batgirl because the okay. actress, Yvonne Craig, used to live in this area. So they, they oh. dedicated a mural to her. How's, how's the mural? Yeah, I nice. love it. It's good. Big? Small? Huge. Where is it? Um, it's in a neighborhood that I can't remember. Oak Oak Cliff. Oak Cliff. Is it like a, on the side of a building, the bridge? Um, it's on the side of a business. I think it was a restaurant. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, it, it looks good. Good to visit. All right. Next on my list is Captain America or Captain Hook. It's, I, it's not even a question. Like Captain Hook. <laughs> Me <mean>, too. Hook, <laughs> Hook is one of the best movies yeah. ever. <laughs> You know, so you can't, I can go on and on about my love of Captain Hook. I came in order to begin. Okay. The Connors or The Simpsons? Uh, you know, The Simpsons have such a place in my heart because I remember watching the first episodes on the Tracy Ullman show when I was like yes, eight or I nine. <laughs> I was like eight or nine. And it just, you know, Fox, my brother yeah. was a, my brother was a big, you know, uh, pop culture fan. He liked The Simpsons, you know, so. I was at the whim of whatever he would wanted to watch on TV. And we didn't have cable growing up. We just didn't get, we didn't get cable until I was like 15 or not even 15, probably like 17, 16. I don't even remember. So whatever was on network TV is what we watched the news, you know, the morning shows, but like this, I just, you know, so the Simpsons by a long shot. I mean, going to see Matt Gronin at Comic-Con was like almost like closing a chapter. Cause I don't watch the Simpsons that much anymore. Um, I watch, I like family guy still though, but the Simpsons, I don't watch as much, but it kind of was like, it was, it was very moving to be like, and to see all the actors or all the voice guys doing their thing. I, I was, in the, I was yeah. in the presence of them. I like, um, King of the Hill. Yeah. King of the Hill was good too. That came out later on. <laughs> that was Beavis and Butthead though. If you remember, that was like kind of like a spinoff yeah. of Beavis and Butthead. Cause that was Beavis and Butthead's neighbor, Hank Hill. Oh, yeah, really? I'm pretty sure that's what it's all Mike, Matt or Mike judge. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, do you do you remember that saying that Bart Simpson used to say something about his butt? 
like kiss yeah, my well, there was eat my shorts. Eat my but shorts. There was like um, there was like don't have a cow man. You know. Yeah. There's, I, I remember wearing a um, Bart Simpson shirt that said like uh, eat my shorts or something, and I remember I got in trouble. And then the teacher like pulled me aside and then had me turn my shirt uh, inside That's out. Legit. And I was like so embarrassed like the whole day because I'm like. But you didn't know. It hell? was your mom who bought you the T-shirt probably. Yeah. Or my dad. <laughs> okay. Um, little baby or dub baby. Of course, I know who these people are. <laughs> They're rappers. And I only know Da Baby. Who do you like and why? Well, okay. To be totally honest, I've never heard of Little Baby or his music. Maybe I did and I didn't realize it. Uh, as far as Da Baby, I only know him from a song that I learned from TikTok. Okay. Or that I, I heard TikTok. on TikTok. Yeah. And so I was like, Looking it up, I'm like, are there any artists with the name Baby? And there's like a whole bunch. So I just picked the most two popular <laughs> ones and figured maybe he'll know. But I don't. No? <laughs> All right, cool. Um, any advice for future photographers, uh, young journalists who are in college right now, thinking about entering the uh, job market? Um, find the lightest camera possible and shoot with the light camera. You know, that would, that would help out a lot, you know, I mean, like hopefully by the, hopefully technology is getting, yeah. Or a phone. Uh, but that's, that's kind of like, you know, a, a, a technical thing. You know, the truth is in the beginning, I said yes to everything and I'm still in the beginning. I'm, I've been in this business for over a, well over a decade. I mean, if you add it all up closer to like, I mean, well over a decade, maybe 15 years, maybe, but like, um, you know, I said yes to everything in the beginning. And, and if you really want to, you have to, you have to, you have to work the 3am shift. You have to, I worked the midnight to 8am shift. So that's the beginning. And like, what else are you doing? You, you're just, you got all this, you got all this energy anyway, when you're in your like mid twenties and early to after college. So that's, you know, that's good advice for people at the beginning stages. Uh, don't like, you know, learn. I'm trying to think like what's the best advice for really someone stepping into it. It's a hurry up and wait game. So appreciate the moment, you know, cause a lot of times you hurry up and you get to a story and you're just waiting around for hours and hours. And, and it's not about, you know, it's like looking back, like trying to get my foot in the door. And now that it like, now that I'm on the inside, you know, it's like, you think like, you know, like movies, TV, Hollywood, it's like all the same. It's not like covering local news. You have to have a passion for it. You have to, you have to have a passion for, you have to care about what you're going to do no matter what. Like I remember there was a guy that I worked with and he was trying to get out in the field and he's like, yeah, but he was being like stubborn about it. He's like, and he was just, he, was, he wasn't even out in the field yet. He's like, yeah, but I'm not going to cover any fires or car crashes. That's going to be not, I'm not, I refuse to do that. And I was like, then you don't want to be out in the field. You know, that's, that's the answer. So uh, it just know that you have to have a passion for like whatever you're doing, you really have to. And if it's not, that's fine. Then move on. Like some people don't want to be in the field. Some people like working on the station, but for photographers, you know, that's like a good, uh, that's a good motivational thing. And it, uh, a specific thing is spray the scene proper. 
You know, you, you don't do anything less than 15 shots. Make sure you have like, if you're going to do a package, it's got to be probably twice that much. Um, make sure you get the wide shot. You know, don't be afraid to take it off the tripod and like get in there, but make sure you have your standard wide, a couple of wides from different angles, a couple of mediums from different angles of a scene and a couple of tights. So that'll cover your butt. And then, you know, if you get on the scene and stuff's going on, then, but if you walk on the scene, you know, you can do it, you don't have to do it in any particular order. Cause if you walk on the scene and it's active, you got to get what you need to get. But if it's inactive, then you can get all the stuff. But if it's active, get everything you can get off shoulder, get, get the, get the scene or get the, get the action and then take it back a notch. And you know, you have to, you have to become almost like a wedding photographer. Like I've never done wedding photography though. You just got to get like, you gotta, you gotta say this, you gotta, you know, set the scene. You gotta get an establishing shot and then get, then get your, get what's going on. And, you know, don't overshoot, you know, some people shoot too much. So I don't want to be careful. You don't want, you don't want 50 shots for a story. That's going to be 20 seconds long. It's going to have three shots. That's a, that's a waste of time and energy. So you have to know too, but that's my motivation. You know, a couple of things popped up when you were talking, uh, when I was a reporter in my career, you have water. I have water. Okay. I have water. Um, I slept with oh, the air night. conditioner. Oh. Sorry, I kind of got it. cool in San Diego at night. Don't wants that. to develop. Um, so I remember I always wanted to be a reporter. I didn't want to be an anchor. And a lot of my uh, fellow classmates wanted to be anchors. And even in the, my career, a lot of reporters just wanted to be on the desk. And I never had that desire. I always wanted to be out in the field. Um, and then another thing you said about photography, <clears throat> I used to work with a guy who I won't name in <laughs> one of my stations and I was brand new and I went to edit my piece and all the shots were like really far away. And I'm like, man, I need some variety. And so I made the mistake of saying, Hey, um, do you mind getting some close up shots next time? And I didn't know if I sounded like nastier or whatnot, because the next day I worked with him and all my shots were close ups. That's funny. Was he he wasn't doing out of spite, was he? Or he just thought you want what you wanted? He was probably being a jerk. <laughs> no way. Oh, dude, come on. Uh, but then we became like friends, like frenemies almost. Uh, but anyway, that was like almost 17 years ago. No, yeah, like a long time ago. Um so real quick, before we go, um, talk about the relationship between a photographer and a reporter and how important that is. Because when I was in college, um, they gave you the assignment and then you had to work with like a group, like a producer, uh, the reporter, the photographer. And almost 99% of the time, one person ended up doing most of the work. Um, and that kind of translates to the real world. Right when you're working with a photographer, um, how important is that balance? You think? Well, I don't want to step on too many toes here. I, I liked working with reporters, I really do. But if I had to choose, I'd rather choose not to. Work. I'd rather be by myself. But, and that's funny because you know, I feel the same way. I rather you know work that's by like. Yeah, and you can. You know, we both can. That's just it. We're both capable. And like, there's a there. It's there's there's positions out there that's specifically for that. And I don't know if some people would rather work with a reporter or not, or a reporter with a photog, but I would rather work by myself. But, you know, when you're paired with a reporter, I mean, it's a relationship. I mean, you are in the car 
with them or in the van with them for 10 hours some days, long days. And I think the trick is you got to be, number one, you got to be professional. You know, you got to come to work, ready to work. And you got, and you have to know what you're doing. You know, like you have to be, you have to trust them and they have to trust you that they're going to get their job on time, their job, their role done. So you can finish your role and vice versa. And, and there just has to be just a level of trust. And, you know, you just, you gotta be like, you gotta be respectful with each other. You gotta be respectful towards each other. And, you know, it's just like, it really becomes just like any other work office relationship at that point, you know, but you're in the car together. And, you know, sometimes like, sometimes like I was with reporters that like wanted to blast the AC and I'm like, I don't like that sound of like <laughs> level four in my ear. I just like, it's like, it's like, no, it's like, we don't have to listen to music, but like, we don't need the friggin' blasting AC. Is the AC it's like, on? It's, like, it's hot back here. Yeah. And I get it. They don't want to be hot. I get it. You know, but like, I'm just like that noise. I have like, maybe I've got sensitive here. I don't know. But like stuff like that, that's just office stuff though. And like, that's just person, that's just work related stuff, you know, but I guess it's a little bit different dynamic because I mean, I've worked with probably, gosh, like 40 maybe plus different reporters on different stories. I've been out in the field with 40, maybe 40, 40 reporters probably. And when I say work with them, I mean, we started the day together and we finished the day together eight and a half hours later, nine hours later, you know? So it's just crazy. This stuff that we, I mean, I've, I've done thousands of stories with them and you know, it's just, you just have to be cool, I guess. And they have to be cool too. You know, it's, it has to be, just be cool. I mean, like I've gotten, I'm sure people have gotten frustrated at me. I, I kind of wonder what people have gotten frustrated me at about. I wonder, but I know what I got frustrated with <laughs> people about. That, that's another episode. Yeah, and exactly. then four years later, we're still talking. We're still friends. So that's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Jason Levecki, uh, thank you so much for um, spending uh, some time with me here on the podcast. Um, you're always welcome. God bless you. God bless you. And that's a wrap. This episode was written and produced by yours truly, Carlos Correa. My theme was performed by Skin Gallus. Remember, check me out at carlostonight.com. There you can find more information about the podcast and see upcoming guests, as well as check out uh, previous episodes. Carlos Tonight is brand new every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And don't forget to visit our website, carlostonight.com.